You're listening to Contesting Wrestling, Minisode 23, Take 2, because yeah. one of us has both a doctorate and an inability to check if their mic is on. That uh, was me, yeah. I, I won't name <laughs> names, but it rhymes with Benjamin Claybolson. I mean, look, I, I straight up deleted a whole episode, so I am like the last person who... I'm technically still four fuck-ups ahead. Uh, so I can't. So, so it's my turn next, then, right? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I guess so. All I right. mean, I also fucked up that first recording by being drugged on antihistamines. So yes, it is your turn next. <laughs> uh, no, this is gonna be fine. Hi, everybody from across the uh, the space of the pandemic. We also, th- by the way, Ben, we also lost that entire outtake of Georgie catching a mouse. Thanks. She's well, up we to have- three now, by the yeah. way. We, oh, have we, your we still part have that. that. It, it was just Ben's mic that was off. Us okay. going on about it is y- still y- Yeah, she's, she's now encountered three mice in the past two days somehow. Uh, score is two, Georgie, one mouse that got away. I can still uh, edit all that in if you'd like. Yeah, I can just drop that in the middle of this <laughs> mini-sode. Edit um, whichever parts yeah. you feel <laughs> necessary. We, we'll talk about it. Maybe we should just talk about it a lot then one day put it on the premium feed. If you would like to hear... Uh, Doc and Katie watching their cat disembowel a mouse. Uh, we have that. 10 minutes. Subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, good stuff. We are recording this and probably releasing it also on uh, March 29th. So just, you know, in the in living in this world where whole years happen over the course of a week, you know, that's just I'm a little so tired. stamp for you, for the listener. And yet wrestling remains. <laughs> wrestling remains. Ah, uh, yes. In this dystopian future, we do still have the shambling corpse of what was WrestleMania. One week from this Saturday and one week from this Sunday. Whatever they can scrape together for WrestleMania will be broadcast. I mean, it's all filmed. I gotta say, like, they've done a little bit better over the last week with the um, the crowdless shows. So AEW... Uh, Dynamite last week had the idea to put the hard cam facing the entrance instead of facing the crowd. So you're not just looking at empty seats the whole show. Uh, And WWE eventually uh, co-opted that idea on this week's shows. Dynamite also had some of the wrestlers as fans uh, in in the audience the first week. Though I think they didn't have that again uh, the second week. I, I only watched last week's Dynamite. I didn't watch this week's Dynamite. Um, but yeah, WWE now has the hard cam facing the entrance. I gotta say though, I watched uh, all of NXT this week, and it was the first like sort of full card of matches that they've broadcast, and it it doesn't work. Wrestling without a live audience, it's not it's not pro wrestling. Like what? Why are they doing what they're doing? Why does a baby face make a comeback if there's not a swell of crowd support behind them? Yeah, WrestleMania, I feel like, is going to fall completely flat because WrestleMania specifically relies on that big stadium-like energy. Drew McIntyre is going to win the title and hold it up for no one? Yeah, I think that in order for this to work, I'm going to be a little less pessimistic, but in order for this to work, they have to drastically change the style they're trying to do because the whole style has been getting more and more centered on just sing along with the crowd 
back and forth. Like we've talked on this show before, like to Evan, how it's like, it's hard to really see it when you first start watching wrestling, but the crowd is such a major character in any given match in any given show that that character isn't there anymore. And you know, it's, it's missed. Uh, I don't necessarily think it has to be this way, but we've spent at least 40 years of professional wrestling going more in this direction. It'd be very hard now to hard stop it. Cause what we could do in wrestling is make it like straight sport, make it, well, these people are just competing to win and they have to block out the crowd anyway, or else it's distracting. But wrestling fans don't want that. A few wrestling fans I'm sure would like that for a while, but it doesn't work in the WWE. It's like watching customs. It's not interesting to me. Yeah. It's like watching customs. Are, are you familiar with the term customs? No. You, you want to explain what customs are? Uh, customs. Have you ever seen those weird like videos of women wrestlers like that? It's it's almost porn. Oh, like apartment wrestling kind of stuff. Something like it's that. Kind of like. Is it like the wrestling that I've seen on the on the Internet where they wrestle and then they have sex with each other? Yeah, like no, I think no, it's no, called no. ultimate it's like a submission. Step before that, <laughs> a lot of indie wrestlers, um, you know, mostly women, but some of the men, if they have the right look, will uh, do uh, what they call customs, custom matches, and there are companies that put these together. And what they put the call out for is like, we have these wrestlers available. You tell us what moves you want them to do, and we'll film them doing this match. Lots of head scissors. Yeah, so it, it's like a fetish kind of thing, you yeah. know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's on the fringe for sure, you know, and if you can make a few hundred dollars or whatever, putting each other in head scissors with a camera shot on the head scissors, have at it, you know, some guys are into that. You also get like, you know, the guys with the abs doing uh, shots for guys who like guys with the abs. The, the, the real Twinkie guys, the, the real... Sammy Guevara's of the world. Yeah, I'm not saying Sammy himself has done it. I'm just saying he could make a killing. As arousing as this could be, it, I don't think it's pro wrestling, right? Well, they, they could do it in a ring. They Why not? A booker tells the guys what moves to do. They execute them in a certain uh, order, and they have a match. I think, though, if they're doing exactly what the crowd has sort of programmed them to do, then it's not like the phenomenon of pro wrestling for me is this dynamic relationship between the performers and the ring and the audience. I think if the audience so what you're is saying is you can't just rehearse a match literally move for move over and over again until it's just what you want and have it, you know, really be good pro wrestling. If there's no uh, dynamic interaction with the crowd, I don't think so. No. All right. I, I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. No, no. If there if if you have a match um, with no audience, that is not yeah. a pro wrestling match. That is practice. There needs to be at least one person watching it. And I don't think necessarily in the arena, you know, because there's an audience watching at home, but there has to be at least one person who doesn't know the finish for it to count as pro <laughs> yeah. wrestling. I suggested on an early episode that wrestling embrace live scoring, like old-timey silent <laughs> film. Yeah. I get what you're saying, yeah. This is a perfect time to start embracing that. Because I do, I do agree, like, I, I agree with Ben in the sense that um, you know, when I when I first started watching wrestling and I when we first started this podcast and I had no idea how it works, like I didn't really think about the crowd at all and it took me a while to start noticing the crowd, but it does kind of seem like 
like wrestling doesn't quite work the same way that like I don't know music does where you can listen where like seeing it live is one kind of experience that is incredibly important with an audience uh or the audience plays an incredibly important role in that and then also you can listen to a studio to so you know a recording which has a different purpose I don't know if wrestling has those two categories or if it does I don't think they've really developed studio wrestling enough there maybe there is space for a form of it that does not have an audience that it plays off of but I feel like that has not been developed at this point yeah there are some things like uh, Matt Hardy's ultimate deletion videos which were films of of matches uh, done on his compound without a crowd that were then broadcast I mean, there's a certain novelty to them. But to me, when I'm watching that, I don't feel like I'm watching wrestling. I feel like I'm watching a movie uh, that has wrestling as part of its subject matter. Like Nacho Libre or <laughs> The Wrestler. Well, what or do you no think of like the, the Kenny Omega matches in the woods that we watched? Yeah, I mean, that similarly, I think, like, you know, is that... Well, there it's actually presented purely as sport. The champion was sitting there in his cabin or whatever. The challenger came up with a referee and was like, I'm challenging you for your title. And then they fought to a conclusion. Yeah. Which is what I said earlier, is how they'd have to do it if you take the audience out. Right. And again, I think as a novelty one-off match, like it makes sense. And like having empty arena matches, to me, it's kind of like... um, Like... um, John Cage or like um what that uh that painting white on white where the absence <laughs> yeah. of the thing you're expecting like the sound or the color or whatever um speaks to the role of those elements in the art form normally and you can kind of do it once you know white on white are you are you thinking of John Cage or Bob Ross Ben <laughs> that's a wet on wet Katie wet oh, on wet wet on wet <laughs> Wet on Wet is the name of one of the wrestling videos I saw where they had sex after the wrestling part. White <laughs> <laughs> uh, on White is by Malevich, the painter Casimir Malevich. Just... Yeah, and Bob Ross. Yeah, there was like a, a something floating around, uh, an article floating around that talked about wrestling without an audience is basically um, avant-garde theater. And I do kind of kind agree of with is, that. Yeah. Like I like I agree. I think I said in the R Truth episode that wrestling um, without an audience turns it into a weird one act play about wrestling. Yeah, and yeah. again, I think that works once, right? Like, but you know, you can't make that point continuously. Yeah, the first time you see it, it's definitely interesting, but is it sustainable? One thing that doesn't work at all, uh, I thought was. Um, this social distancing match that happened recently in GCW between Joey Janela and Jimmy Lloyd. Um, Featuring a referee, Chris Levin, in a face mask. Yeah. So, you know, Joey Janela is known for booking these kinds of uh, absurdist, like, avant-garde kind of matches. We watched the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan match, which I loved, because that had a fully developed premise uh, a, a clear concept where the idea is the wrestlers are invisible. Uh, you can't see what's happening, but you infer their actions from the way uh, the referee, who is Bryce Remsburg, behaves and things like that. 
I didn't think this social distancing match had a coherent concept in the same way. So the idea was that they couldn't get within six feet of each other. So you have Joey Janela like making the motion for a headlock and Jimmy Lloyd acting like he's in a headlock as if he's affecting him over a distance. But there was no explanation of how his moves could affect him over a distance. And then later on, they bring out a chair and sanitize it, which was kind of funny. And then he throws the chair at him and hit it hits him. And the chair hitting Jimmy Lloyd causes him to be in pain, right? So, and, and that was necessary. Contact was necessary in that case. But for the other moves, it wasn't necessary. So it's like, I get something like Kota Ibushi fighting Yoshihiko, the blow-up doll, because the concept there is that the Yoshihiko is alive and can wrestle. Um, and it's it serves this dual function of, on the one hand, drawing attention to the artifice of wrestling, because you see, like, Yoshihiko isn't really doing the Canadian Destroyer on Ibushi. Ibushi must be jumping on his own head. But within kayfabe, within the concept of the match... It makes you you're supposed to, you know, get the idea that Yoshihiko really is Canadian destroyering uh, Kota Ibushi. And you sort of accept that as part of the conceit of the match. And like, you know, and I'm all for all sorts of sci fi and um, absurdist and fantasy and whatever kind of supernatural elements in wrestling. But it has to have that coherent concept. And I think it lacked that in this social distancing match. Well, yeah, when you have any kind of conceit like that, um, be it a sci-fi concept or also like a comedy sketch, like a lot of bad comedy sketches you see are bad for this reason that the rules are not clear. The rules of the game being played are not clear and therefore the audience doesn't know what to expect or to not expect. Like you can't play with the audience's expectations if you don't establish for them what those expectations should be. Because I feel like there's two ways you could have made that funny. Um, You could either call it a social distancing match and have it be like, oh, they needed, they have to have a match, but there's a pandemic going on. So the only things they can do are throw shit at each other across the room or like, I don't know, Build, like build little robots to fight each other like like you know really lean into the fact that they have to have a match but they can't be near each other or see this would be the perfect time to bring back battle bots yes i yeah i liked battle bots especially having battle bots and wrestling and combining those definitely anthropomorphic battle bots well they, they were kind of little uh i remember yeah 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 is that that's the one where they built their own robots and had them fight, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Good TV. The other way that you could make that funny that would involve like the telekinetic powers and all the stuff where they could do is if you had if if you started the match and you were like, oh, they've developed these powers like for just for this match, and you basically <laughs> like it would be ob- totally acceptable well, and also just like oh, yeah. it would be obvious to everybody why they're like if you were like they have these powers where they can wrestle each other from up to six feet apart so that everybody knows what this is about everybody knows it's a social distancing match but you just don't say it you just come up with all of these reasons that they can maintain that i feel like that's another way they could have another yeah, direction one of they them lights on fire spontaneously because the other one has developed a pyrokinesis. And, and there you go. Exactly. In the context of the show where everybody's watching it and everybody knows what's going on, it's really obvious what the joke is. You just don't have to, you know. Joey Janela did. Somebody, yeah. 
They saw somebody do a spot once where they were across the ring from somebody and they did like the Darth Vader force choke on their opponent and did a choke slam like that. And that's an example of two guys not touching each other, but the whole audience understood what they were doing and it was funny. Exactly. So there you yeah. go. Joey Janela did get on the mic before the match and was like, I really have no idea what we're about to do here. <laughs> I think it really was See, a half-baked idea. I feel like that idea. kills it. Like admitting that yeah. it's all a joke. Yeah. Right, you got to play within the rules of your own world. And the more conventional rules you're going to break, kind of the harder you have to adhere to the rules that are still there. Um, and that's like not even just with wrestling. That's like you were saying, Evan, that's with all like sci-fi or fantasy or something. We can accept, you know, uh, any kinds of fantastical uh, stuff happening as long as it makes sense within its own context. It was even worse that they actually like accidentally hit each other a couple of times. They couldn't even keep to this six feet apart thing. Well, that's that's wrestling for you. Yeah, follow your own rules. Did any of you all watch Lock and Key on Netflix? No, haven't yet. I did not. Um, one thing I really like about and I imagine that this is true for the graphic novel as well, uh, but I just saw the show, is that it starts off, and once you learn what the supernatural conceit of the show is, my first thought was like, oh man, like this could really be, cause it really seemed like a way where they kind of just hand wave everything away. Like it was, you know, like as if the supernatural element was just deus ex machina, uh, which happens in a lot of fantasy where they're like the, you know, there's no clear rules behind the magic. You just have to not think about it. Um, but lock and key did this really cool thing where every time they introduced a new element of, the super, uh, a new level of the supernatural element. They were very clear about, here's this thing. Here's exactly what it does. Here's the only things that it does. Okay, now we're going to have that for a little bit. Okay, now we're going to move on to the next thing. So every time, so when shit started going crazy, it all felt very earned, and you had a pretty clear idea of what could and could not happen. Yeah, you know, I've been playing through uh, the Metal Gear Solid games to pass the time and all that. And there's plenty of, like, supernatural stuff in there. But most of the logic of the game is so grounded in either reality or, like, brutal false reality that the game builds properly that you accept it when something happens that you have no idea why because it's actually kind of shocking to you. And it all takes place in Zanzibar, right? Well, one of the games takes place in a place called Zanzibar. All not not the, one of the ones I'm playing. All the games take place in Zanzibar. One of them takes place in Alaska. Oh, Zanzibar, Alaska? That's a town? That's one of the islands. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, what's great about the Metal Gear games is they it just it's a very simple story about people with very simple motivations uh, where it all is easily understandable and makes sense. It all just ties ties together. Certainly nothing confusing or out of the box. Uh, well, I could talk for hours about that, uh, but this is a mini-sode about wrestling, potentially. And we're at about 20 minutes, so uh, anything else we want to get through? Uh, one last thing I wanted to say uh, about the, the episode that we're supposed to be reflecting on, which was the Kenny Omega episode. I brought up Kenny. Um, all right. Good. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, you did. You Good tried. Job. Kenny Omega's great. Um, but um, uh, Evan, you had mentioned that, you know, um, some of the best comedic actors are people who have really great dramatic acting skills. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, Evan is looking closer and closer at the camera so I can only <laughs> see his eyeball. That was That's weird. Great. Sorry, carry um, on. So, zoom, zoom. 
Um, and since you are also wearing a Star Trek The Next Generation inspired uh, sweatshirt that the listeners can't see, um, I wanted to mention we, we t- you talked about uh, Patrick Stewart being, uh, you know, this great serious Shakespearean actor who worked well in the genre production that was Star Trek The Next Generation. But also an even more uh, apt example is his work on the show Blunt Talk where he plays uh, a sort of lecherous um, political talk show host. Uh, and, and he plays the role straight, and it's hilarious. It's, a, it's an actual comedy role from Patrick Stewart. Oh, also, cool. speak, yeah, also speaking of Patrick Stewart, uh, I follow him on Instagram, and he's been reading a Shakespearean sonnet every day uh, to help us. Oh, that's us. fantastic. Oh, well. yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, so another... That's a nice quarantine viewing situation. Uh, another really good example of that that people might know um, is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, Andre Brower, an incredibly respected dramatic actor who had literally, from what I understand, never done any comedy and never done anything comedic. And Captain Holt is written completely straight-faced as a, a deeply serious character and everything is delivered with like this stone gravitas and captain holt is one of the funniest characters in the history of television <laughs> i only watched one or two episodes of brooklyn 99 at your place years ago oh it's i thought good. i remembered yeah it's real good okay i will i'm watching um star trek deep space nine right now and it's amazing and avery brooks deserves every he deserved to have a career afterwards too that uh, he's fantastic yeah. on that show. Oh, he's so good. Um, but yeah, wrestling. Um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's Kenny Omega's great, and it's going to be uh, weird to hear. Yeah, I think you got a couple more episodes that we recorded. Listeners, you have a couple more episodes coming at you that we recorded uh, before. You know, our new our new dystopia. So if you're like, well, they're not even acknowledging it at all. No, it's just we just recorded it in like February. So. Look forward to that. Look forward to that little time capsule into simpler, easier, happier times of of 35 days ago. We are still here. Um, if you're sitting around listening to a ton of stuff and like us, uh, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash contesting wrestling for five bucks a month. You get... Uh, you get the regular episodes pretty much as soon as they're edited and you get a full premium episode every week and we're still recording We're we're figuring yeah. out how we can and we're please, still recording. Please. We need money <laughs> Don't we all? Yep Yeah, uh, we we really yep. f- we appreciate you guys listening to us follow us on Twitter at contesting W uh, Check out our patreon and get ready for the episode that is coming at you this Monday which which is tomorrow um and i don't remember which episode it is uh squash matches squash squash right, we matches. watch a bunch of squash matches oh yeah ah, gourds. Oh, i remember gourds because i had no idea yeah we, there's no more gourds that's what's really hard i have the last butternut squash known to man it's fucked you up. have the what now uh, <laughs> let's get him hey there let's get him uh this has been contesting wrestling thank you we love you <laughs>